0: Welcome to Recorded. I am Ramola Talwar Badham, a journalist at the National. Professors in the UAE have been busy in the laboratory working on pathbreaking projects. A select group of scientists were awarded the Golden or 10 year visa two years ago for cutting edge work on cancer research, water purification, and nutrition. The UAE government has recently announced citizenship for exceptional doctors, scientists, and businessmen. We talked to three professors who were among the first 20 granted long-term residency in the UAE, and asked them what Emirati citizenship would mean to scientists. Professor Hassan Arafat teaches chemical engineering at Abu Dhabi's Khalifa University. The Jordanian national wants to help countries struggling to get clean drinking water. His research focuses on creating an affordable and eco-friendly desalination solution to separate salt from seawater.
1: You see, the problem uh, in most uh, countries, actually, is that people in academia, uh, universities and research centers tend to uh, work sort of in silos. So they produce very exciting science um, and results that scientists are very excited about. But then the, uh, the transfer of such exciting science to industry is sort of limited. And there are a number of reasons for that. So... The, the UAE, being a country that is eager to become uh, to have a, a knowledge-based economy, moving away from uh, the hydrocarbon-heavy uh, economy that we currently have, uh, needs to have a more efficient and effective technology transfer process. To facilitate that, science policy is needed. Now, by science policy, we mean uh, things like. What sort of science or research should the government try to uh, encourage and fund and promote? And you can influence that by uh, influencing the way of funding such areas. The funding mechanisms and the funding schemes that the government sponsors can be tailored uh, to to gear the um, research landscape towards certain areas which are of importance to the country. The science policy also includes uh, things such as how to establish a good feedback loop from the academic institutions back to the government. Uh, Because people in academia are also able to foresee uh, what would be the next generation or the next big thing that is coming uh, and, you know, interesting to work on or that has a potential. So that feedback loop is quite important, you know, where people in academia give their feedback to the government about what things they foresee as potential important areas of development in the future, and also how the science policies of the government are working. So that's also part of the feedback loop. On the other hand, the government completes that loop by generating the the rules and laws and uh, initiatives that promote the creation of science in the areas of high importance to the government. Now, this whole issue or notion of science policy and technology transfer is something that spans over several uh, government bodies in the case of the uae it involves mainly for example the ministry of uh, industry and advanced technology but it will also involve uh, other sectors it will involve for example um, you know it, part of it will have to do with ip laws in the uae part of it will have to do with the universities part of it will have to do with the ministry of higher education Uh, Parts of it will have to do with the Ministry of Finance because you have also uh, funding mechanisms. So these departments have to be integrated in a way to affect such uh, science policy. So with all these being government entities, uh, usually people who are involved in the science policy of a country are usually citizens of that country. So if you take the United States as an example, Uh, you will notice that most of the science policy programs, uh, programs that are tailored and designed specifically to uh, train and educate people in science policy, you have to be a U.S. citizen or permanent resident to actually be enrolled in such programs. So this is understandable, as I mentioned, because such policies and such issues relate directly to the government. Without being a UAE citizen, for example, in this case, it's going to be a bit challenging to take effective part in developing and being involved in such a process. So I think being an integrated member of the UE, as being a citizen, for example, would be quite helpful in that sense.
0: Professor Ghalib Hosseini is exploring how nanocarriers or microscopic capsules can take chemotherapy drugs directly to the site of a cancerous tumor in trials with mice. The Palestinian professor of chemical engineering at the American University of Sharjah believes a shot at citizenship will inspire breakthrough research that will put the country on the global scientific map.
2: I am a chemical engineering by training. Um, I did my bachelor's in chemical engineering, my master's in engineering management, and my PhD in chemical engineering. And my research in chemical engineering, I'm kind of more on the pharmaceutical side, biomedical pharmaceutical side of chemical. And uh, my work basically focuses on having a, a nano carrier where you put the chemotherapy drugs inside it. So, you know, the side effects of chemotherapy, because the drug interacts with all the cells in the body healthy and, and disease cells and cancer cells. And that's why you get all the side effects such as falling of the hair, problems with the GI tract, uh, problems with the immunity, and uh, so on, and, and sometimes problems with the heart. So, the idea in order to resolve these issues or these side effects is we take the chemotherapy and when we ca- encapsulate it, put it inside a very small capsule, a nano capsule, nano carrier, nano vehicle, nanoparticle, and then we put it inside the, the blood or we inject it into the, the blood of a patient. It goes to the heart, the heart pumps it everywhere, but it sa- stays inside the capsule. And then And uh, once you want to release it, you just apply ultrasound and release it only to the tumor site. And we've been very successful. We established the lab uh, at the American University of Sharjah. Uh, In December 15th, we got a patent, a U.S. patent. Uh, We've had several graduate students graduate. Uh, We we have a, a, a group, a strong group that has been working on this problem now in the UAE since 2012. I remember when I first came to the UAE I wasn't sure if I'm gonna like it or not but one interesting thing is in May so I came in January and in May uh, what happened is I realized that it's been like five months have passed and I haven't missed anything I mean I loved it I was just very in tune with my university with my students with the UAE so I really enjoyed being in the country so that was kind of my first introduction what did I like about the UAE well Everything is available. I like the camping, if you like hiking, all of these are available in the country, especially January, February, March. Uh, If you like food, uh, you know this is the foodie place. If you like restaurants, there's all kinds of restaurants that you can go to, all kinds of food. So again, you're not gonna miss any types of food as well. It's super duper safe, people are nice, helpful. Uh, I mean, uh, I I like the fact that we don't even lock the, the door. This is how nice it is. And of course now the added advantages I have Three nice kids, and we love it here. It's so safe that the surroundings are nice. Uh, they can go to the mall, they can do not now during COVID, but before they can go to the mall, they can hang out in the playground. You know that they're going to be in good shape, they, you know that they're safe. Uh, so, this is something that I definitely uh, like and enjoy about the UAE. I believe that every city and every country has a soul, has a heart. And I believe that the heart of the UAE is young, energetic, pumping. Uh, There is nothing impossible. You can do everything. And this is what I love. I fell in love with this too. And frankly, it keeps me going. I live off this energy that I see from the country as a whole. Obviously, um, when you have long-term plans, whether it's a 10-year visa or actual citizenship, you feel ownership. And when you're talking about projects that are in the biomedical field, in order to see it going from a lab into a clinic, you need 10, 15 years. And so that kind of gives you that longevity to see it through. So uh, and of course, when you do have a 10 year visa, you feel you can pursue uh, projects until they finish. You can pursue more than one project. Uh, You just have a lot more confidence. And of course, brilliant leaders here, they make brilliant decisions and they always care about the future of the country. I personally believe that the future of the country or any country in the world is innovation, taking a step and making innovative products that the whole world can use from. And this is going to be able to generate the economy and so when you have uh, if you when, when you have uh, scientists when you have engineers when you have doctors when you have uh, uh, people in the computer area when you have artists and you are able to innovate you are gonna be able to depend on this innovation to sustain the economy, especially once the oil and gas is gonna deplete. So this is how economies generate. And the fact that you have 10 year visa together with the good funding that you can get in the UAE, and I've been able to get some pretty generous funding, I think we can accomplish a lot. We do have excellent students. We do have excellent researchers in the country. And with some structure, I think we can achieve a lot.
0: Professor Afaf Kamal Eldin, says the 10-year residency changed her outlook about living in the UAE. Originally from Sudan, she lived and worked in Sweden for 20 years before moving to the UAE to teach food science at the United Arab Emirates University. She studies how to add value to bread with date fiber and is also studying the invaluable anti-diabetic properties of camel milk.
3: Here, I found that dates and camel milk are the two most important products for this country. So it took me some time to read the literature, see where uh, knowledge is, and then build new questions for uh, my research students. For the dates, it's a very important fruit. Of course, um, it is much more used by people in the countries where it is produced. But I think there is a lot of potential for this uh, fruit and by products from this fruit to be uh, commercialized and utilized worldwide, uh, the fiber of dates is very valuable. And um, it is unfortunately now uh, mostly wasted. Uh, for example, when uh, industries process uh, dead fruits and uh, produce um, dips out of the dead fruits, the leftover, the pomace, which is left over, is a very rich resource. Uh, rich in fiber and uh, phenolic antioxidants, and these are not utilized as they should. So this fiber can be processed um, and used in different food products, for example, to enrich the fiber content in breads. Maybe it can also be used to produce some other foods, like for example, breakfast cereals or something like that, it can be added to them. So it needs a very active research to utilize and add value to to this product and also produce some healthy options for foods. For camel milk, it's an interesting milk, very different, very different from cow milk and other milks. Camel milk is appreciated for a large number of um, nutritional and therapeutic applications, like for example, diabetes. There are a lot of research on diabetes and it has been shown, the camel milk has been shown to be anti-diabetic for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. However, the active component or components in the milk which is causing these uh, beneficial effects are not known. So it is also our aim to uh, look into, um, into these components, try to identify them and also understand how these components are affected by processing because maybe heating the milk or processing the milk will Change the activity of, of these components. Also, camel milk is known to be less uh, allergic compared to cow milk and uh, other milks, goat milk, for example, and this might affect or might make it maybe a better option for infant formulas and foods for different people. Also, it is said to be less easier to digest than cow milk. So there is a lot of uh, still questions that need to be addressed. This is for my research. So I think my students now feel it. They feel that, especially the the national students, feel that they have a role to play and they can do something which is significant into changing the prospects of uh, how we use and how we utilize, add value to the local products. For my family, for my daughter, uh, she is starting to think differently because before she was always saying, when I'm 18, I'm moving back to Sweden. Now with a long-term visa, she's thinking, um, yes, I can study university here and maybe I will get a job here. Sweden will still be our country. We will go there for holidays. and But it is a possibility that we stay here for uh, for me, for the rest of my life. I, I can stay here. And, and I will still be working. I will work to the last... Uh, Minute of my ability, I would say. So uh, I think it gives us and it's changing both mine and my daughter's way of looking at um, long term our um, life and uh, where we can settle. For me, I would like really to now connect my research very closely with industry and um, sort of deliver something where the country can benefit from, not only. An academic product, which could be publications or new knowledge that is disseminated, but also um, products that can be commercialized and um, introduced to the rest of the world in a very high way. So I look forward to further interaction with industries and in the food sector and uh, developing some products together that will add value to these uh, raw materials that we have and also uh, put a stamp or put some recognition for Emirati products. This is a product from United Arab Emirates. I think I will be very proud when I see that.
0: Whether it is the golden visa or the new citizenship program, long-term residency will drive residents to push the boundaries of science. They have roots in this country. Their children have grown up here. They want to make their adopted country proud, help frame scientific policy, and transfer their knowledge to the next generation of Emiratis. As one professor said, this is a clear signal to work on a major development, the next big idea, the next great challenge. Thanks to Professors Afaf Eldin, Ghalib Husseni, and Hassan Arafat. You have been listening to Recorded. I have been your host, Ramola Talwar Badam. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app or follow us at thenationalnews.com/podcast this episode was produced by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison